The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft Tobacco. The after show, the after show, the The after after show. show. It's the after show, everybody. The show after the regular show. November 26th. But uh, what an action-packed show it was, too. I mean, talking about the the specific sizes, and I know Barry was wrong on some of his picks, but we don't hold that against him. That certain sizes just smoke better than other sizes. All, all I know is next week we'll see that I have a I have a better resume of why yeah, I have we a cigar go. authority over you. Yeah, resumes so I'm next off, week. I'm off the whole week, so I can write my. There we go. <laughs> you all know right. me; I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Yeah, we're putting our resumes together for the job. You're all fired until next week. And uh, okay, I'm out. Bring your resume. <laughs> I'm going to silent quit right now. All right. Can other people submit a resume to replace us? No, 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 not no, yet, not yet. We could do that though. No, we ha- we did have somebody, and you know, Dave and I, we were at the wedding on Sunday who submitted a, a resume and became an asshole. That's right. Mm. You can become an asshole. <laughs> So how and why do so many people create limited edition cigars? That's what we're talking about. Because I would say this was the year of the limited limited edition cigar, that's for sure. After a couple of years of people not uh, coming out with so many new things, this year was, oh, my God, so much. Uh, but it all starts, I believe, if I can go back in time, uh, watching like a brand like Fuente continuing to advertise, push and promote a brand called Opus X, before it even came out. And that brand, virtually unavailable for almost 30 years now, they continue to make that ultra-limited on purpose. I don't care what they say. Mm-hmm. It's on purpose. Yeah. Uh, we see over and over again on Flor Dominicana, they can't even come out with their core line of cigars, and they come out with limited editions, and they can't even make their own. Michael Herklotz came out with his Ferio Tago, Brand new company, and he starts with the limited release. That was the first cigar he comes out with, the limited release. It, it's brand new. It's the starting release, but it becomes a limited release before the regular line even comes out later that year. Even the Cigar Authority got into it and put out a limited release. All right. Now, that's, the- a, different, that's a different animal because my argument on this has been right along ever since the show about how tobaccos taste that it's leftovers. So we had a glut of cigar consumption during the COVID two-year spike. Yep. And there was an awful lot of remnant tobaccos from vintages that they didn't have enough to continue. So you think limited releases are leftovers? Limited releases 100% are when they have leftover tobacco that they can only do a short run of 
that's when we see the limited well, edition. Right. So it's not 100%. Because, what was the Davidoff year the Tiger left over from with the striping wrapper? Yeah. What was the Opus X left over from? That's a limited release cigar. Can we treat him like a hostile witness? We can. It's not 100%. Okay. You went 100%. So it's not All right. the vast majority. I would like to digress and say 91.5% of the time, it's friggin' leftovers. No. Would digress be the word for that? Not really. No. no. Um, Recant. I would like to recant my testimony. All right. There you go. We'll accept that. And on the TCA limited edition, the, the one thing it's going for, it has going for it, is it doesn't detract from our core line no, because <laughs> we don't have one. Right, right. Uh, nor, nor did Michael Herklotz when he came out with his limited release. <laughs> no, and I, I think he hurt himself. I love Michael. Consider him referring. He set the bar really high. Okay, so the first question is, why do they do it? We'll get to why should they not do it, but why do they do it in the first place? And then when I say they, I'm talking about the collective they, all the people that come out. You're you, ran, you ran a restaurant in your early days of being an entrepreneur, yes. and you had roast turkey on the menu, did you not? Yes. And you roasted the turkey, Yeah. and at the end, you bought the turkey, because it's not like you're buying turkeys only at Thanksgiving, so you're paying full price for turkey year-round. Yep. And what did you do with the carcass of the turkey after? Yes, turkey soup, turkey croquettes, turkey, use it up. You have to. If you're a good chef, you have to use all of the ingredients and get the most money out of your product that you can. If you're a factory and you have 10,000 pounds of wrapper and at the end, you're at the end and you can't make any more cigars with that vintage because all your vintages need to run out at the same time, it's time to move on to the next vintage to make the next batch of cigars, what do you do with the remnants? You make a stew. And you say, oh, this one's limited. Is it limited because it's special? Not necessarily. It's limited because the tobacco itself is now limited, and you can only make a certain amount, and you can charge more for the leftovers than you can for the core line. It's it's free marketing for the company coming out with a limited edition. Right. It creates a false buzz. Yes, it creates a buzz. I think Jonathan touched on an interesting yeah. point. L- limited doesn't mean it's good nope. or it's better. It just means there's it only often, a set number of them available. And it often means it's more money, and it often creates a clamoring from the consumer because they run out quicker. And it, it I've never seen somebody say, oh, this year's Black Friday. I really liked it. What else does this guy make? No, mm-hmm. they, they smoke the Black Friday when it comes out, and next year... They ask about the Black Friday. And you know limited cigars enrage me. Yes. <laughs> right? Because if it's good, I can't get more. Mm-hmm. If it's bad, I feel like I got ripped and off. And I'll tell you. You bought a couple of 50-count cabs of those, so you, they you're They were okay. good. You're okay. And, re- and retailers go for it, and, and I understand both aspects of it. You go for it because it's a quick hit that you'll get – 20 boxes in and 20 boxes go all pretty damn fast because it's limited and it creates that buzz. We created the buzz by saying we were going to stop selling the Lancero Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden we sold 20 times what we normally sell in a week, right? Turned out that one wasn't limited enough. Right. (laughs) Um, So uh, it does create buzz. The retailer can get rid of uh, by the box a lot of boxes really fast. The negative thing I'll say on for a retailer, because I personally don't like it, you get somebody on the limited release. 
You talk it up. You show it to him. Oh, my God, let me try it. The guy smokes a single. says, wow, it's really good. He comes back. He says, give me a whole box. Okay, I really like it. He comes back a week later. I'm going to buy a few boxes of these. I really like them. Nope, there's none left. Now what does that consumer do? They look elsewhere. So it's almost an invitation to go shop at another store, Mm. a, a store that moves it slower than you do. Right. So now you start saying, okay, where that happens next year, instead of 20 boxes, I'm going to order 50 boxes of them. Now it oh, becomes but, a problem. No, but the leftovers that year aren't as good yes. as the leftovers the year before. <laughs> or there were more of or them. Or there's and they less make of more. a buzz because they had it last year, and some people said, that ah, was okay. I'm, I don't really want it this year. No, I'm not. And now we have a limited release that sits around for a long period of time, making it not Limited. <laughs> no. <laughs> Buy all you want. Um, and that becomes the problem. For the retailer, what is the problem for the manufacturer themselves? Why should they not do limited releases, Barry? It hurts their core lines. And we've seen this time and time again from various manufacturers that do it a little too often. You know, HVC, they do it one a year. That's okay. There's other companies out there that have done anywhere from five to ten over the course of a year and all of a sudden nobody cares about their regular releases i just want your limited releases i saw it happen to manufacturers over the years and you see all of a sudden they get nervous because their core line stopped selling uh they got into it too much and then they shut it off and it's almost like building a brand up again from from, not from scratch but from from an awful low number Trying and, and it's so tempting to let me put the other the next limited release out, mm-hmm. but you haven't built a brand because it's, no. it's a bit of a cash cow when you can release it. Yeah, and and there was a company out there, uh, Viaje, that they just made limited. Yeah, releases. they actually made it work for them for the longest time. Yeah, uh, but it's not for the majority of companies. It's not a valid way of doing business it, it didn't work for two guys that we mm-hmm. tried to take that brand on and after i gave him a full year of it and i went and saw him at the trade mm-hmm. show and i said this doesn't work i need to be able to get more be yes. able to order more of this and less of that one i know what my customer is going to buy and he says yeah that's not the way it works you're going to yeah, get it was kind of a f- uh, they forced the program on you you yeah. got x number of boxes of every single one and i'm like well it doesn't work no and some of them weren't good Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, when I hung out in New York, you would see releases in, in one of the stores I would go to. Nobody bats a that thousand. It was, was a year old and they yeah. couldn't get rid of them. Yeah. Nobody bats a thousand. So I, you know, the buyer of whatever company it is, his job is to make the guess, the educated guess of, okay, I'm going to take 50 of those. Let me look at these. I'll take 10 of those. Yeah. None of these. You know, and decide what that is based on the information that they have on their particular store. Um, when they take that away, that's difficult. Limited releases also annoy me because the manufacturer seems to put a lot of money into the packaging. Mm. Now, granted, they're going to charge more for the cigar, so they have more wiggle room. But you get something, and you brought up the year of series. Yeah, Davidoff puts a exorbitant regular amount regular Davidoff boxes have to be the most boring boxes. In the market today, yes. talk about a sea of brown, <laughs> and then they come out with a year of, and it's lacquered. 
I, you couldn't get more beautiful. Yeah, yeah. but that's uh, that, they're a minority. I mean, if you look at like all the TAA releases, that's a limited edition. They're mm-hmm. all in your basic boxes. And is there anything? Does that have any juice left? in Not it? anymore. I think people are tired of it. Oh they, my god! There have been more losers than winners. Yeah. So that's a that's a scary one too. Of you, you get them and you you know even if you buy a small amount, they last forever. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. no. Pull. There was one company that it worked for for the longest time, but you know, then they stopped doing it for two years, and I think it kind of, yeah, everybody lost interest in it. Um, so some people do it better than others when it comes to limited releases. Um, some just shave the size off. Mm-hmm. You know, you take a half inch off the robusto, <laughs> and now you have the Rothschild, yep. and this is the limited release, and it's the same damn thing. And maybe, like Jonathan says charging more for it because now it's a put a secondary band on it charge more more for it and in some cases it's the same exact thing. oh there's been times and it pisses me off again i'm now i'm aggravated oh they, these are the extra aged ones it's because they didn't sell right you didn't do it on purpose yeah oh no that's a nice sales pitch it, it's extra age how about these are new ones and it's unexpected yeah. <laughs> oh God, yeah. that was brutal. Um, limited releases that tend to get more money. Why can they get more money for the limited release? Supply and demand. You think they're not going to be as available as long, so you're going to spend a little bit more money. I got news for you. It, it, the cigar doesn't cost them four times the amount. Yes. <laughs> uh, picking odd sizes. Picking. Um, um, you know, different packaging. Now, there is something to if you have a regular line of cigars and your limited run is a special shape like a Solomon, a lot more craftsmanship goes into that. You are you're paying more on the back end to make a to make that shape. So I would under, I understand when that ends up being a little bit more. And sometimes without giving names, you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig, right? And that's, in some cases, what they end up doing to uh, limited-release cigars. Uh, let's come up with the perfect limited-release cigar. Box count, size, strength, profile, country price. Uh, let's get into the strength and character segment. First, though, brought to you by Camacho Cigars. It's time for incredible feats of strength. Brought to you by Camacho Cigars. For six decades, Camacho have been working hard to build the best damn cigar around, and they have gotten through it all by sticking to their vision. The strength to do anything they set their hand to. Camacho Cigars. And I have with me the top 10 greatest track and field athletes and accomplishments of all time. And the debate on the greatest men's sprinter of all time is easy. It's Usain Bolt, period. With a total of 19 world championships... And Olympic gold medals, Bolt stands far above your average successful sprinter. It's difficult to fully encapsulate the true dominance of this Jamaican superstar, but to put it simply, he is a nine-time world record holder. Usain Bolt, men's 100-meter and 200-meter, greatest of all time. His last name's Bolt, so of course, <laughs> yeah. fast. Lightning. Lightning. Bolt. <laughs> Boom. I don't know. I'm going to argue Carl Lewis was better. but anyway. He might be on the list somewhere. He might be there. We'll see if he sh- if he shows up. We're putting together a limited release cigar size. Um, I'll go right off the bat and say it shouldn't be a Lancero. <laughs> it shouldn't be a sixty ring gauge. Uh, it should be the for the. We're trying to create the best one of all time. It should be the perfect size mm. the, to hit the most 
people should, possible. Should it be a unique size? It should Something be. a little different, but, you know, like a close to a Toro. Like an 1118, it's bulbous in the middle, and he, that's where they always uh, put their sizes when it comes to uh, um, Christian Aroa's brands. Uh, I, I don't know. I think if you're going to come up with just one size, you got to hit the masses and you got to go Toro. I would say so. How about because you can't you can't really charge extra for a robusto. There is no extra. Mm. A Toro is robusto a little bit extra. more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it extra? I, I, I think it, it, I think if you're a company, you got to look at what your top selling skew is and, and go somewhere close to that. It's the Toro. Like, I can save like the Asylum, the big ring gauge is their biggest selling skew. So they do their 10th anniversary, yes. 11th anniversary as a 70, 80, or 90 ring gauge. <laughs> they do it as a robusto. They're not targeting their consumer. Are you t- trying to send me a signal under the table or no, does your just, foot keep slipping? Because you keep kicking me after I talk. And I'm wondering, am I saying the wrong thing? No. Right. Uh, let's go to box count. Limited release. 12. It should be less than, yeah, than a 25, 20. Three by four. I think you go 10 across. Yeah, I mean, because you're going to over, overcharge them for the cigars, so you want to keep the box price something well, people And, will and pay. when you make the box price smaller, so everybody understands, yeah. let's assume you pay $10 for the empty box. You divide that by 25, 20, 12, or 10. Mm-hmm. If you divide it by 10, it's a dollar per cigar just on the box itself. So you think HVC's got the right strategy then? 50, 50. counts? Interesting. <laughs> and I think if they made 20 counts, they would sell. More than twice as many. Ed Sullivan's gone through two boxes of 50. I haven't smoked them all yet. I'm working on it. If they were 20s, you would have went through two boxes of 20. You would have bought two boxes of 20. Sure. I have a mail order customer who's gone through four orders of 20 singles. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. That would have been four boxes. Granted, it's a box and two-thirds right now, but they have 20-count boxes. When they start getting low, you give them a buzz and you say... You should buy a whole box right now. Jonathan, even yeah. though I bought two boxes, I'm anger smoking them. Every time I smoke one, I say, fucking limited edition. There we go. Um, country of origin, does it matter? Uh, should it be the same as the core brand? Yes. Because you're catering to your customer. I mean, Skip's supposedly going to try something limited with EPC. Right. It would be interesting. Yeah, we see how, how that works because he's, you know, the quintessential Nicaraguan cigar or one of them. Yeah. Will there be a buzz around a Dominican oh, sure. made cigar? That's that you're you're bringing in a heavy hitter. But can you imagine a uh, Padron Dominican, a um, Perdomo Dominican, mm. uh, a Drew Estate Dominican? I mean, it will, as a limited release, would it be a big deal? You know, I, I I would try it, but I wouldn't be thrilled. And we've seen we've seen it happen before. I mean. Uh, Don Pepin made a cigar using tobacco from La Aurora for Nesta Miranda called the Dominicana, and it was a colossal flop. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um, price. Well, it, all, it it boils down to, yeah, in Barry, to Barry's point, he is a cigar geek. He has to smoke it. So, yes, you're going to get buzz by, by changing up the blend and touting that. Someone's going to have to smoke it. Now, is it a good cigar is the question. Okay. Uh, and, and most of these things are purchased untasted. 
mm-hmm. just on hype. Right? Yep. yep. So, But you're not saying no. If Skip says, I'm coming out with something with E.P. Carrillo, you're not saying no. no. You have I, to get it. I'm tasted. I'm, I'm in. I know both of the players. You have to. Yeah. Right. Neither of them. But are Skip's core customers is interested in Dominican tobacco. Oh, Skip now gets his core customers and he gets Ernesto's core customers. Uh-huh. And anybody that's in the periphery of both of them to jump and try it. Let's see what happens. Price. It's always higher. But what if it was lower? Especially, we're in a bad economy now. 2023, you get somebody to make a limited release actually at a lower price. Can you devalue your core line? But they go back to the core line. No, it's a mistake because it takes the exact same amount of time on a sales floor. The leftovers, like you said. But it (laughs) takes the same amount of time to pitch somebody on a cigar. It doesn't matter what the price of the cigar is. It doesn't matter how many you have. It's the same amount of time invested. I'd like to see it done. I'd just be interested to see it done, that somebody makes a limited release, lower price cigar. It's got to be the same price or higher. Take a Davidoff. They're very, very expensive. And Davidoff made a limited release, low price Davidoff, maybe mix filler, Davidoff, just as a limited release. Oh, my God. The place would go crazy, right? That has happened with Papas Fritas. It wasn't a limited release. It was a limited well, release when all, it first came out. Yeah. Okay. It, it didn't strike me as low price. For it was. It was. <laughs> lower. Not for what it was, but it was lower than their core line. <laughs> right. All right. Strength. Uh, same as the core? Not, Lighter, I, stronger? I, I think it depends on the brand. If it's a Nicaraguan brand, I think you can go a notch stronger. La Flor Dominicana would probably be maybe a notch below well, they tend to go higher when they yeah. do the 50th anniversary. And, and the reason why I say a notch lower on La Florida Dominicana is the people that are, most people that are geared toward Dominican cigars prefer milder than what comes out of Nicaragua. Case in point, Dave, you prefer Dominican. You're a milder cigar smoker. Yeah. I think you got to know who your core audience is. All right. How many should be made? A thousand or less. Enough, but not one box more is my answer. <laughs> it depends on brand because you're looking for a fast sellout. So my mistake on um, the Cigar Authority was we should have made 100. Mm-hmm. They would have sold out in one day, mm-hmm. and everybody would look forward to the next version mm-hmm. if there's a next version coming out. Where 300 was made, a little greed factor, again, not knowing it was the first time ever mm-hmm. putting a cigar out, so we had no I- idea what our... our possibilities were uh 300 was too much and um i think if it was a toro your 300 would have sold out in a heartbeat hmm. I, I agree a thousand percent <laughs> and that's why we started with the what size should it be not a lancero not a corona not a lonsdale not uh-huh. a torpedo not the stuff that typically doesn't sell anyway i, I like the way you say if there's another version coming yeah. out well you would have to know by now yeah i know Oh, you know? (laughs) Um, Big national brands make as much as 100,000 cigars, which equate to 10,000 boxes. Yeah, it's not a limited edition, (laughs) in my opinion. And that's what they do. I got these numbers from somebody uh, that said, you know, I said, how many limited do you make? Well, they're going to be in boxes of 10. We made 100,000, so it's 10,000. There are companies that intended to stay in business that never made that many cigars. That's the limit. Well, and that's, you're obviously talking about a big player because that's, you're going to stop the 
entire floor's production to make this. You've got to make it worth your while. Yeah. So I, I think Barry's right. When it comes to a regular brand, a, a more boutique brand or something, a thousand boxes or less mm-hmm. is the answer. Uh, you're over, and I, and I know Davidoff does it. They do way more than a thousand before. When they started this whole thing, it used to be a thousand boxes or less, and they got to fifteen hundred. Greed kicks in at that point and yes. says, "Okay, I'm getting thirty dollars per cigar." Yeah. You know uh, how many sold out of these? I left money on the table. I got to come out with yes. more. Yes, yes. So uh, we're going to see more of it. You know why we're going to see more? Because it works. It still works. The people end up buying it. The retailer buys it. The retailer promotes it to their their customer, and the customer buys it, and then the customer can't get it again, and then they search other places, secondary markets, or their competitors. It's negative. When there's it other. There's one other thing that you haven't touched on is the <coughs> cigar geek that buys them not to smoke them, but to show off that he has them mm-hmm. a year from now, five yes. years from now. So there is a there is a uh, a, a little factor of collectors. hoarding, collecting. Yeah. Yeah, collectors that end up happening. Um, so anyway, it, it's not going to change. It's going to be out there, and uh, a new year is here. And new, uh, as Ed said, if you if you if uh, if you're thinking of doing a limited release, it's already in the works. Uh, <laughs> the their 2023s are already in the works, mm-hmm. especially if they had success in the past. But some companies, I think, it's hurting them. Their their limited release is popular, and their core brand is He's, dying on the vine. Yep. And the more they do it, the worse their regular core line gets. So that's it. That's it for the after show. Are we really the Cigar Authority? Saturday on the Cigar Authority show, we are going to give our resumes. Uh, All these guys are fired after today. They're coming back next week with their resumes, and they're applying for the job for the Cigar Authority. Do they have what it takes if I was hiring them today? If I was hiring me, can I be the Cigar Authority? That's an authority. Mm-hmm. It's a big word. We're going to get into that next week on the Cigar Authority. Stick the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.